Welcome to the Oceans Ministries Podcast. Here's your host, Tim Spikestra. Welcome to Ocean Ministries Podcast, and it is a privilege for me today to have uh, Pastor Sean Sikama, who I've known for uh, for many years. My brother was part of his church for a while, and uh, when I was pastoring in Chino, California, we took our staff out to visit with him and his staff, and uh, it was a blessing. And I look up to Sean. He's a a mentor figure for me. And uh, so it's a blessing to have you and uh, where God is leading you uh, on this incredible call, uh, vision that God has put on your heart. But give us a little background on who is Sean Sikama, um, and uh, then we'll go to what God's doing now in your life. Thanks, Tim. It's great to be here. Um, really appreciate you and your work and your ministry, too. It's been fun reconnecting a little more deeply. Uh, I grew up in Michigan, farm country. Uh, met my wife, Diane, when we were at uh, Calvin College, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Went through a seminary there. And after I got out of seminary, I took a call to a small church in Western Canada, which, as I like to say, under my able leadership, got steadily smaller while I was there. I uh, had our first two of our five daughters were born in Canada. Uh, about 27 years ago, I took a call to move to the southeast corner of the Denver metro area in the city of Aurora. Uh, I came to about 100 people in the cafeteria of a middle school, Eastern Hills Community Church. I served there two weeks shy of 26 years. Uh, we we uh, had a great time, uh, reached a lot of lost people. The church grew. I made it through about three different building campaigns, which is not a small thing, and uh, and then just kind of burned out and seemed like it was time for uh, us to have a new chapter in life and ministry. But uh, so I've, I have five daughters. Uh, three of them are married. Um, our oldest daughter, uh, she and her husband have three kids. So five daughters, three sons-in-law, uh, three grandkids, and a dog. <laughs> Busy household. Very busy household. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, God God used you in an amazing way um, to bring the gospel to this part of Colorado, uh, Aurora Parker area. A um, couple thousand, three thousand people, I think, uh, that came to Eastern Hills. Um, God's give, given you a gift to preach and teach and vision. and uh, But he's also... For many years put something on your heart and a passion for the poor and the needy and why don't you share as God has transitioned you out of this uh, huge ministry um, kind of in a suburban area mm -hmm. right and a growing suburban area to what is God put on you and uh, Diane's heart at this season of your life well, it has been a uh, remarkable and sort of odd journey. So within probably eight or nine months, I went from uh, being the senior pastor of one of the largest churches in the city of Aurora, in one of the wealthiest communities in the city of Aurora, to starting over in what is clearly the poorest part of that same city, the city of Aurora, with just my wife and I on the streets, uh, knocking on doors, knocking on motel rooms. And uh, in some ways, I think from the outside, that looks odd to people. Uh, to us, it doesn't. When we, when we were going to seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan, we lived in the inner city and really felt like we had a lifetime call to serve in the inner city. Uh, one of the things we learned is never tell God what he's told you to do because uh, he'll send you the opposite place. We had no interest in doing suburban ministry. Just uh, wasn't where our heart was. Uh, we really loved being on the edge, being around the poor. 
Uh, but God really four plus years in Canada, 26 years in, in Colorado, and we learned to love it. And um, I realized once I got there and got gone that I had a pretty good gift mix to lead and teach and vision and really had a heart for lost people. People on the outside of the church had always had that. So we, we had a great experience. But uh, somewhere in the back of our heart, we always thought we would have a later chapter in ministry and honestly, we thought it would probably be to either um, go to Africa, maybe start an orphanage, mm-hmm. or or we thought it would be to go to East Colfax here in Aurora, uh, about 10, 12 miles from where we live, about 15 miles from the church I pastored for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, we just felt like um, that hunger that was in our heart to be with people who are on the far margins of society that there would be a time in a way that God would honor that as well. So I, I, Eastern Hills was generous. I had about a year's sabbatical at the end, so I didn't have to make a living right away and took about six months to do nothing. And um, yeah, about, uh, boy, last November, I was riding my motorcycle and I thought I'm going to ride down East Colfax Avenue. Uh, Colfax, a legendary street in the Denver metro area, really uh, just the hardest stretch of pavement in the whole metro area and was riding my motorcycle along and just had this sense uh, that I'd come home, uh, that God had kind of released Diane and I back into the city. And so we've been just kind of making our way in that direction little by little, um, but sensing yeah, that God's called us to give this next chapter of our life uh, to really serving um, in and around the poor that that live uh, along East Colfax Avenue. Mm. Yeah, and I think one of the things I remember we were meeting, Sean has a cool office. It's a coffee shop right off Colfax. What's the name? What is the name of it? Coffee Canaan. Coffee Canaan. Um, awesome place, but uh, right on the street. Yep. And I, we were talking, we we're having coffee together. And you said when you drove down there, um, God really put something on your heart that uh, he's already there, right? Why don't you share yep. exactly what he kind of said to you? Yeah. Well, I, I, I had, I rode my motorcycle down there, had this sense of coming home. And so I just, you know, like uh, we started praying about it. So Jesus and I have chats and <laughs> yeah, this is the chat you're referring to. I was praying one day and, and I felt like Jesus said to me, now, if you have any notion of bringing me to East Colfax Avenue, um, you can get rid of that right now. I'm there ready. I don't need your help. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it was good. It's good theology, right? Jesus goes ahead. He calls us to follow him. He goes ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And so um, we said, okay, we we know that you're there. And then there were three pretty specific things I, I felt like he put in my heart. One was, he said, he said, just go find the places I'm already working. Uh, number two, go love and support the people who are serving me in that community. Uh, number three, just be open to whatever specific thing I might call you to do. And so really for the probably first six, seven months, that's what we did. Uh, we found uh, partners in ministry, people who love Jesus, who are working there. Beautiful people have tried to support and encourage them, learn about um, urban ministry, and then just prayerfully be open to kind of the, the specific niche that Jesus might give us to serve in that community. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things you do on Tuesday nights is uh, you go to two different motels Mm -hmm. um, and kind of bring us through what you do and uh, how that works. Yeah, and uh, uh, Tim and Patty, they've been coming with us the last several weeks. We One of our early connections up there was with a ministry called Mean Street Ministry, who uh, they're more located on the west side of town, but they have served in the motel community. So all across the Denver metro area, There are these old motels built in the 40s and 50s along Colfax Avenue when Colfax Highway 40 
was a major thoroughfare across country. So if you drove through Denver, you stayed in one of these motels. I-70 got built to the north and pretty much, at least on the east side of town, destroyed that part of Aurora. Mm -hmm. uh, but those motels were still sitting there. Uh, so they have gone through many cycles. Some of them sat, sat abandoned for years. Most of them are in use now, but they're kind of flop houses. Uh, people who live there, are many of them would be technically considered homeless. Some of them are the working poor. Um, you see guys just coming out of prison. You see drug addiction, alcoholism, prostitution, families, violence. Uh, very first night, I knocked on a motel door up there. Uh, someone had been, uh, had been uh, killed in one of the motel rooms. The cops were outside of the door. Uh, so we started on a Monday night with Mean Streets. We still partner with them. Uh, took a little bit of their model, have um, morphed it a little bit. But really what we do is we have these two motels uh, that we go to. We have three couples and a single lady who come with us. And we knock on doors and uh, we take a little food with us because uh, for a chunk of those folks, food is an issue. Uh, we hand out food, burritos, uh, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies and bananas. Mm -hmm. Uh, we talk to them, listen to their story, offer to pray for them, connect them to resources. But really what we're trying to do is use food and prayer as a gateway into a deeper uh, relationship with them. And Tim, as you know, we, we step into the middle of both remarkably painful and remarkably beautiful things in people's lives. And uh, just as uh, after having done 30 years of ministry in the suburbs, in the suburbs, people are slow to open up their life to you. Uh, not in the motels in East Colfax. Um, they uh, they're just they're they're desperate. We you know we this past Tuesday again we had a couple situations where just to heard incredible incredible stories of brokenness and people hurting and um, as best we can we love them pray for them try to steer them uh, in the right direction. But um, I call this group uh, the other one percent. It's a famous phrase in our society, the 1% are the 1% of the wealthiest people in our society. Uh, these folks are the other 1%. They're, the, they're really the bottom 1% of people in our society. And um, uh, we believe that um, Jesus, when he walked the earth, uh, he walked among the upper 1%, but he seemed to have a special passion in his heart for the 1% on the bottom. And so we, we just feel like we're following Jesus into places where he would go and where he already is. Mm. Yeah, it's, you know, I, the best way I can describe it is when we go to Africa, um, you feel the presence of God yeah. in tangible ways and the brokenness yeah. and the pain. And, but the amazing thing, you don't have to go to Africa to experience yeah. Jesus. I mean, he's everywhere as we know, but, but when Patty and I went with you and, uh, knocked on doors and said, Jesus on Colfax ministries <laughs> and offering the burrito, um, the door opens and there's Jesus yep. in all brokenness and from drug addicts, alcoholics, prostitutes, like you said, um, but in openness, like what you were saying, it's it's amazing. And the prayer time and um, there's uh, many people there that have some understanding of Jesus and some religious background and that that amazes me as well. Um but tell about John and Juanita. I mean, you know, <laughs> I wrote about it in a blog because I came away from that night so blessed by this couple that you have built a relationship and really church is happening at their their room, room 15, I think it is, um, uh, every Tuesday night. So just just share a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so the, the Aurora Motel is one of the two we're in on uh, Tuesday night and uh, Diane and I, 
And I think Teresa, the uh, single lady who comes with us, uh, was along. We knocked on this door and it was a uh, uh, older uh, African-American couple. Uh, he's 72. She's 62, it turns out. And we knocked on the door and just said, you know, we're from Jesus on Colfax Ministry. Tell them a little bit about what we do. And it was real clear from their response that they were believers. They they lit up and um, we started talking to them and uh, they had been living in their car, uh, been homeless, had just scraped together enough money to move into a motel. Now, um, for, for many who might listen to this, think of your retirement year, 72 and 62, living in a car, living into a, in a dive motel. And uh, they kept talking about how good God had been to them in the middle of that. So the very first time we met them, we were just really, I was really humbled by it. In fact, the first time we met them, I think I had uh, my wife, Diane, pray. We, so we stand in a circle, hold hands, sometimes two people, sometimes five or six people, and we pray. Um, if the core definition of church is where Jesus said, if two or three of you gather in my name, I'm in the midst of you. We do church, boy, probably 20, 30, 40 times between Monday night and Tuesday night. And the first time Diane prayed and at the end, um, Juanita started praying and just incredible, passionate, beautiful prayer. And we walked away and we were blessed. The next week we came back, I think it was the week before you guys came. Uh, we, we came again, we met John and Juanita and myself and Diane and, uh, another couple, Nathan and Christine were with us. And, you know, we've gone through a pretty significant financial transition from 30 years of pastor salary to being a missionary and raising money. And the other couple had also gone through, uh, we're going through some financial transitions and, you know, now we mostly just ask Juanita and John to pray for us, uh, cause their prayers are better than ours. And, you know, we need to pray this just incredibly passionate prayer that God would bless our financial life. Now, she didn't know anything about her financial life, and she's homeless. Um, it is an amazing, beautiful, humbling thing to have a homeless person pray that God would bless you financially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we, we, uh, we, you guys weren't there on Tuesday night, but we were together with them again. Uh, and we stood in a circle and prayed, and, and John brought the word a little bit. He, uh, he, he, he gave us some scripture, and... Uh, we prayed together, and um, we we do church with them every Tuesday night. In fact, I've I, I keep not really kiddingly. I keep telling them that I'm I'm appointing them to be the pastors of that motel, and uh, they take that seriously. They look out for other people there. They pray for them. They're the presence of Jesus. Uh, so we're trying to build community there as well. But yeah, John and Juanita, what a what a gift. Uh, one of the things you learn in communities of need that I think people who do Christian community development are more sensitive to than church planters are, is that there are all kinds of beautiful resources in that community and you need to respect what they have to give as much as what they have to receive. Mm -hmm. And I really learned that in particular from John and Juanita. Mm -hmm. I, like you, I always walk away feeling like I got way more out of that (laughs) interaction than they did, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful how God shows up and even, some of the prayers by other people that we prayed with, and then they want to pray for us, and they give you a word from the Lord, and they may be they may be drinking, right? <laughs> Which it blows me away, but God uses all means, all different ways, and I I come away so encouraged. It's a it's a battlefield sometimes. You feel that, and you you've been in situations where you've seen the drug deals go down, and. Um, and yeah, it's not easy. And uh, one of the incredible things too that Sean and Diane have done is, you know, it's one thing to to drive like from where we live in the suburbs and then drive down there and then come back to our nice place and our house and safe quote neighborhood. Um, yeah, it's one thing to do that, but to go and invest yourself and live there. And this is what the amazing thing that God has 
called you and Diane to. Why don't you share what happened just last week where God has led you in this process on Jesus on Colfax? Well, we we knew uh, that to really do uh, significant uh, impact ministry in communities like that, it's very difficult to do it by just driving in from the suburbs. Um, so we, for a stretch, already knew that we wanted to move into the community. Um, we we discovered that that uh, that was harder than we expected in terms of just uh, housing cost. Uh, there's a bit of gentrification going on around the edges of it, and uh, we still own our home in the suburbs and have kids living in it. And uh, and one day we'd we'd been out in the motels, and and Diane just kind of we were thinking about how do we get up here? Do we rent a place? Diane said, well, maybe we should move into the motels for a season. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we actually have been thinking and praying about that. And um, we, we last, uh, last Friday, we moved into the Ranger Motel, which is one of the 25, 26 motels that's in what we think of as our parish. And uh, yeah, we have a, we have a, we have a room there. Uh, my body's adjusting. I have been sick mm. from the smells and whatever else is going on in there. But it's a reminder of what uh, people who live in poverty live in. And uh, we're, we, we're tentatively thinking we'd like to maybe uh, do a year in the motels. We have to see how it goes. We don't want to overcommit on the front end because mm-hmm. we have to be healthy enough to yeah. function too. Yeah. Our first thing is to love the people in the motels. But uh, living in the middle of it again, that's what a you know what a great way to just be around people, and I think to show respect for who they are by saying, "Hey, we're we're willing to just come and be a part of this community with you to represent Jesus to you and love you as best we can." And when you look at you know the future, and none of us know exactly what that looks like because whenever you think you know, God does something. But what are some of the things that that's on your heart um, as this ministry goes forward, as Jesus on Colfax goes forward, what are some of the things you want to see maybe happen? Um, some of your dreams, goals uh, for the ministry? Uh, well, I have a lot and I'm kind of an idea guy by nature, so uh, I could talk for an hour, um, <laughs> but I'll give you some highlights. Uh, we, we really felt like um, we have a heart for the whole community. It's, a, it's sort of this pocket of urban blight surrounded by wealth. And the range of needs there is enormous. Family brokenness, gangs, drugs, um, beautiful diversity of cultures. Uh, Interestingly, the largest concentration of Nepali people in the United States lives in North Aurora. Uh, African uh, immigrants, refugees. um, Yeah, all kinds of issues um, of uh, income, work, uh, poverty, the, the list goes on and on and on. So there, it's almost like you could turn in any direction if you loved Jesus. And in addition to sharing the good news of Jesus with people, if you have a heart for people, there's something productive to do. Uh, so we also realize we can't do everything. Uh, we There are good people in the community doing good things. We work really hard at partnering with people who are already there doing good things. But there's some specific things that are kind of emerging out of the mix. Um, one of the things actually inside of the motels, uh, people who live in the motels live uh, such disordered lives that the idea, even ones who are believers already, the idea of going to church on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock does not fit their life. And so we're, we really are thinking about what does it mean to bring church into the motels and, and kind of toying around with, you know, what might a house church look like in the motel? And I, I kind of think we're maybe not real far away with John and Juanita there. Mm. I think that's a doorway into that. So we want to see how that goes. Um 
I'm really interested in what kind of leadership development you can do both out of the motel community and in the broader community of a special heart for young men, so many of whom are fatherless in that society. I'd like to impact that. One of the things, and Tim, you have a long history working with, uh, with prisoners, and you and I have talked about this some, but uh, a lot of guys, when they get out of prison, uh, the Department of Corrections dumps them on East Colfax with a voucher for a week or two in one of these motels. Mm-hmm. And they have to re-enter society. And the only group on our side of the town that I'm aware of that does kind of a front-to-back re-entry thing is a Muslim group, interestingly. Mm-hmm. A lot of Christian ministries will do bits and pieces. And so there's a part of me, um, and I'm recruiting you, as you know already, <laughs> to lead that, um, says, got to be a way for us to put something together that really, in the name of Jesus, helps guys make that transition. Uh, I think... Um, the other thing I'm thinking about right now is there's a, a, a boy, over a billion dollar um, veterans administration hospital going up right on the edge of this community. Um, it is uh, behind time and above budget. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that will happen when that hospital opens is it will draw a lot of veterans to the area, including a lot of homeless veterans. And so I'm wondering, boy, what, is it, what does it look like not only to minister in that group, but maybe to do church inside of that group? And then, man, to bless uh, bless some of the immigrant and refugee churches and leaders who are often woefully undertrained. Uh, I have an idea. I have a, my eye on a furniture building on Colfax Avenue. Uh, if anybody has $2.9 million <laughs> and about a million dollars to fix the roof, there you go. Um, it would get us a half a block of Colfax Avenue that we could drive a stake in the ground in the name of Jesus. And there's about five or six levels in this building, an old furniture building. And I, boy, Christian martial arts place, put a couple of immigrant refugee churches in there, mm-hmm. food banks, to you know, you name it. Uh, the sky is the limit. But we're trusting whatever we're supposed to go to, God will lead us to. And if mostly we're supposed to love people in the motels and be the presence of Jesus to them. And, you know, if we spend the next 10, 12 years doing that, um, uh, we're good with that. I, You know this. I go home every Monday and Tuesday night from knocking on motels, loving people, just full of energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what it's about. This is for us. I'm starting to call it, this is the it. The it is to be face-to-face with broken people yeah. and love them. Yeah. That's the kingdom. It is the kingdom. I mean, you just you see the kingdom of God mm-hmm. on East Colfax. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's beautiful, and just look forward to all that God has for you, and just praise the Lord for your obedience, faith, and stepping out, and Diane's faith as well. Um, how can we, uh, if the, the listener, and I'll put this on my. Uh, the website um, and the blog, but how can people get in touch with you if they want to give you two point four million or yep. whatever? Two point nine. <laughs> two point nine. Um, you got two point four. You probably got two point nine. What's a good way to follow you and and learn more about this? Um, on your, you have a website, right? I just about have a website. Okay. So <laughs> the best way right now is uh, an email. If you send an email to my email address, which is Sean Sekima. S-H-A-W-N-S-I-K-K-E-M-A at gmail.com. First thing I would do is I would add you to an email list. Uh, I think by the end of this week or next week, there will be a website up. It's just jesusoncolfax.org. And that will tell more of the story. And also we'll show you some ways you can get involved. We're, we're thinking of the motel deal as kind of a year in the motels. I'll, I will uh, write a journal on that weekly, hoping maybe to turn that into a book at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And we are looking for 
uh, for partners at a couple level. We we talk about on the one hand, people will be balcony people. Uh, some of you are not in a spot where you're anywhere as near or don't even have a call to be involved this to this degree in urban poverty. But you can pray for us, encourage us, support us from afar, and, and if God stirs your heart to give us some money, that'd be great too. It's a faith venture. And then we're also saying that some of you will want to be probably a little bit like you guys have become. Um, I want to call it street people. But then it sounds like you are a street person. So we might call it an on-the-ground person. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but these are people who probably would be more involved, if not with us and what we're doing among the urban poor, maybe wherever they live. But it would be like an increased uh, prayer commitment just to, to learn and grow through this and to find some ways just to be really face-to-face um, with the poor and to serve there and allow God to humble us through that. And again, financial support is stuff that we need as well. So some of that will show up on the website as well, some concrete ways you can be a part of the the journey with us. We feel part of our ministry is not just to minister to the people in East Colfax, but it's also to be a bridge back to the the suburban world that we've come from, that the kingdom is advanced when uh, rich and poor come together and learn from each other. So we uh, we're hoping to we're hoping to figure out how that works and make that happen as yeah. well. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful point when you can bring those two worlds together mm-hmm. um, and in unity, and we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I learn more from them, I think, so. and about God. Just, I mean, my Bible comes alive, my prayer life, and even praying for these people for God to do some impossible things, you know, with addictions. And um, But yeah, there's... There's something beautiful, and I think those who are listening, um, listen to God's heart in this, in this conversation, because I really believe God's on the move with moving his church all over the place, but one of the places is right in the heart of the city uh, where the love of Christ needs to be uh, given and received. And so, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll again, Sean, I'll put that on our, our podcast so people can get in touch with you and doing and pray for you and and bless you in any way possible. Um, Before we go, what are some ways that the listeners can be praying for Sean Sikama and Diane uh, in this journey of faith? Um, I pray, uh, first of all, you know, oddly, uh, that we'd be able to stay physically healthy in a pretty unhealthy environment and also safe. Uh, There is violence, probably in three or four of the motels were around pretty regularly in the last six months. Um, probably I can think of six or seven murders in that time. So there is some violence. So pray for protection. It is a stronghold of the evil one uh, at many levels. So pray for breakthroughs. Pray for uh, lost people to be saved. Uh, pray for saved people to grow in discipleship. Uh, pray for believers to just, you know, care about issues of poverty and lean in it. Uh, pray that we have the resources we need. Uh, yeah, and just pray that we, we're kind of living the adventure a little bit of a day at a time. Mm-hmm. And just pray that we would be kind of quiet and faithful before Jesus to take one day at a time and serve as he sets in front of us and not try to get too far ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, those are great things that we can pray for you and Jesus on Colfax Ministries, Sean. It was a blessing to have you here. I can't wait to have you back in a year or so or sooner and just uh, hear and get an update on the adventure God has for you. And so thanks, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Tim. It was a privilege. Um, And thank you for listening and to Oceans Ministries podcast. And we pray that you are blessed as well. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. 
to hear more episodes or learn more about Ocean's Ministries, please visit oceansministries.org.